Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Heston, back with another episode here on The Truth. Back with my boy, AJ Ponciano. AJ, how are you doing here today? I'm doing good now. How are you? Doing good. We're continuing our fantasy football tier shows as we are now making our way through the wide receiver. Probably the longest show yet, just because. How many wide receivers did you end up doing, by the way? I think I'm right at 60, like how you said you were. Yeah, yeah. So we decided kind of, I think originally we were going to do like 50. And then we, I realized that when I was doing that, when I was going through each team, that it might be better to do like 60. So there's going to be a long show. I'll try to be a little bit shorter for each player so we're not here forever. But we're right now at about 60 wide receivers. I try to get a wide receiver from at least every team. And again, just like the previous shows, we're going to rank them from superstar tier to tier one through tier four. So it should be fun. should be exciting. Continuing to make our way here as we get closer and closer the upcoming fantasy football season. So I hope you guys are excited for that. Without further ado, AJ, give me your top or your tier four wide receivers. So for my tier four wide receivers, these are guys who are either like rookies or just kind of a, have a weird QB situation or just need to really prove themselves going into their second year. Uh, these are guys that like I'd still would draft, but definitely later in drafts they're going to be. If you play in a deep league, uh, your wide receiver threes, if you play in a league like that, maybe your flex or if you have a dual flex. Uh, so that's the posi- position I put them in. So I'm going to try to go quickly with this. Uh, my first one's going to be John Mechie for the Texans. Uh, interesting QB situation in Stroud, but uh, Mechie coming on to his first season of play, I really like him. Next up, Zay Jones. He had a really good connection last year with Trevor Lawrence. But with Calvin Ridley being there, I think less turrets are going to go his way. So he's definitely been moved down for me. Next up, I have Gabe Davis. I've never been a big fan of Gabe Davis. And also now with Don Kincaid there, more of a receiving tight end uh, compared to Knox. I think there's going to be a lot less targets in this passing offense. Next up, Traylon Burks. Uh, Traylon didn't have a bad year last year as a rookie. But now that they have D-Hop there, it's going to take away targets. And also with the weird QB situation, not exactly what they're going to do there. He moves down my list. Next up's Elijah Moore. He's a little bit more of my sleeper guy. I do really like him for this year because I feel like him and Watson have a really good connection. And he was talking about how he actually feels wanted in Cleveland. So I do like him, but he's more he more needs to prove himself uh, back to his rookie year form. Next up, Kadarius Tony. Once he was straight over to KC, he didn't have much action. He didn't really have a lot of, put up a lot of numbers. He did have the one receiving touchdown uh, in the Super Bowl, but outside of that, he didn't really put up a lot of numbers. Next up, I have Cortland Sutton. I like Sutton, but it's just going to be an interesting situation. I mean, Russell Wilson, we don't know what's going to happen, how that's going to play out again. I mean, a bad season last year. I think it will be better, but I think that there's uh, other options here on the on that team that they may go with, and Sutton is getting a little bit older now in comparison to those other guys. Next up, Adam Thielen. I like him. Uh, he's going to be more of the safety blanket there in Carolina. I do like him because of that he's going to be safety blanket. I feel like uh, Bryson is going to go to him a lot, but he also needs to prove that uh, he he doesn't really have wide receiver a high uh, upside this season just because of the QB play there. But I do think he's good for more PPR style leagues. Next up, Alan Lazard. Uh, he's probably going to wide receiver two, maybe three there, kind of depending on how they uh, how they rent there. But uh, being back there and Rodgers being able to have that connection from day one that they already had. Grant, he was over underwhelming when he when they did play together over there in uh, Green Bay. But then Alan Lazard was basically the number one wide receiver for a while uh, when Devontae wasn't there. And now this is Garrett Wilson's probably going to be the number one. There's a little less uh, attention on Lazard. And I feel like he's going to play a little better. Next up, I have Quentin Johnson. 
Uh, he was the he's a rookie this year for the Chargers. Uh, I like Quinn this year, but he's in a weirder situation where Keen Allen and Mike Evans are definitely the one and two, and already have a really good connection with Herbert. And I feel like Herbert's going to have a really good year. It just depends if Keenan Allen's injured, he's going to get more targets. Seems like Allen's always injured, so that's going to be one of the things. As how many targets is he really going to see if uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are both fully healthy? Also, also Austin Eckler, how much they use him in the receiving game. Next up, Curtis Sam uh, Samuel's. Uh, he's going to be one of those guys where he does a lot of uh, rushing as well as receiving. He's like a I wouldn't not a rude way, but like a Walmart version of Debo Samuels. He kind of does a little bit of both, but he's not as talented as Debo. So he's more of a flex play. You can definitely get him a little bit later in drafts. I know more recently uh, he's made a little bit bigger name for himself there. Uh, I believe with the commanders. So it's going to be, I wouldn't say harder yet, but definitely a guy to look for later on in drafts. Next up, Jonathan Mingo, uh, young rookie wide receiver for Carolina. Kind of the same thing with Thielen. Is with a weird QB situation, also a young QB, it's going to be hard to do that. But he's going to be one of those guys who's going to be a more the deep ball threat for this team. And Bryce Young, he isn't the biggest deep ball guy, but he can do it a little bit more than uh, some of the other QBs. But he, it's going to be weird. It's just a young QB situation in a division that isn't that good, but also on a team that isn't at that good in the division as well. It's going to be with bomb teams. Next up, I have Alec Pierce. Uh, I like Alec Pierce going into this year. I think a lot of people are also really high on him. I don't think he's going to be as good as people think. I think uh, Anthony Richardson's going to do good, but it really just depends on Anthony Richardson. Uh, I know we've mentioned this a few times now. He's going to be the best QB in the league or the worst QB, <laughs> and that's really going to affect Alec Pierce's uh, stock. So if he's one of the better QBs like, or one of the best QBs, he's Alex Pierce, Alex, Alec Pierce's stock's going to go way up, but if he isn't, Alec Pierce's stock's going to go way down. Uh, and my last one, I have Jameson Williams. He's a super talented wide receiver. Didn't play his rookie year. And I think he's uh, out for a couple games start the season. I can't remember exactly what it is. I could be wrong there. Suspension for gambling. It, okay, it was suspension for gambling. So I like him, but I he's going to be out for a little bit uh, at the beginning of the year. So you may be able to pick him later in drafts. But really with the Lions, there isn't many other guys receiving threats outside of Amonra. So getting J-Mo back uh, – for Jared Goff, who's been a really really solid quarterback there in Detroit, I think Jamo will be a really good receiving option, especially because he'll be more uh, in the number two. He'll be the number two option there, so you wouldn't have the best corners on him. So for my tier four, I mean, I utilize tier four a little bit. Interesting, I think tier four are guys that really they don't need to be drafted. Like I think you get these are guys that you avoid in your drafts. I mean, with wide receivers, the wide receiver rooms especially pretty deep, so. These are guys that I'm avoiding at all costs, basically. Not necessarily at all costs, but either wide receiver fours or fives on the team. So that's kind of my thought process behind them. And I only have like four or five guys. First one's going to be Matt Collins. Now that he's in a situation in Atlanta, I may be a little bit, you know, going in the path of maybe going for the Matt Collins job just because, I mean, besides Drake London, he's the only other receiver that seems to be somewhat decent. And we recently just did the Carolina, the Atlanta Falcons show where we talked about the impact of a Kyle Pitts having success in the offensive side. I'm just not feeling the Matt Collins type. I did kind of buy into it early on when he was with Las Vegas, but as of recently, he hasn't really performed in my standards, and so that's one of the reasons why I'm very skeptical of Matt Collins going into the season. Chase Claypool, I didn't like – I thought – I originally liked Chase Claypool going into the Bears when he was traded from the Steelers. 
but he's been like pretty dog shit as of late, especially in Chicago. And looking at a situation like Chicago too, I mean, where you'd kind of expect him to thrive, he really hasn't. That's something that does concern me. Again, going into this season, I don't know if Justin Fields is really going to be keeping an eye on him. Maybe DJ Moore is a guy that can definitely move up from the mix and be a prolific wide receiver for the Bears. Zay Jones, this is a little bit of a surprise. I don't like Zay Jones, especially on this offense this year. I think Zay Jones is a guy that will kind of get hidden behind the shadows and not have as big of an impact as maybe a lot of people are expecting him to have, especially with that offense and how it rolls. I think he's one of those guys that's going to go kind of under the radar, but in a bad way. So he's a guy that you should avoid in your drafts. I put Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard because, I mean, I thought I was going to buy the Alan Lazard hype, and he really disappointed me last year because he, I thought he was the only wide receiver on the, uh, the Packers, but he obviously wasn't. He disappointed me last season. I think him and Cobb are going to disappoint. I think more than anything, even with Rodgers there in New York, I think it's going to be one of those things where he kind of stalls out and isn't as successful as maybe people are expecting him to be or whatever. And I kind of put both of them together because obviously Cobb's getting up there in age. But Lazar was definitely disappointing, in my opinion, at least to start last season. And then finally, Tyler Lockett. I think this one's an obvious one. I mean, Tyler Lockett was – I mean, he, I feel like he's like a grandpa at this, point, at this point of his career. He's been in the league now, it seems like, forever – Going into the season, he's got to compete with DK Metcalf as well as Jackson Smith and the Jigba. So I'm really not liking the fit there at all. I think this is an opportunity for other younger wide receivers like a DK Metcalf or Smith and Jigba to have success and maybe a tight end too like Noah Fan. So I'm not liking the situation whatsoever. I think it's a bad situation for him. And like I said, I think as maybe time goes on, then yeah, it'll be more of a comfortable situation, but not, not with Tyler Lockett. Okay, your tier three. So my two or three are guys that I am – I'm not exactly looking for, but also guys, like, if they fall to me, I wouldn't be mad, uh, especially if I go, like, running back heavy. These are kind of where the guys I expect to go uh, – expect to get a little bit later in the drafts and also guys who have a little bit higher upside. So my first one, I'm going to go with Michael Thomas. Uh, that's just my boy right there. I mean, him fully healthy with having Derek Carr, I think, will be pretty solid. Uh Grant, he's, he's not going to put the numbers like how he did before. I think that's just obvious at this point. But having a, a reliable QB and he- him healthy for the PPR leagues, he's going to be a threat. Next up, I have Christian Watson. Uh, he showed off a lot of his touchdown potential last year and his speed being on the Packers. Uh, I know some of that was with uh, Jordan Love and some of that was also with Aaron Rodgers. But I think the connection there and him be- being the uh, wide receiver one is going to be uh, a lot more opportunities for him. And since he already has a connection there with Jordan Love, uh, he's going to be the go-to option. Next up, I have DJ Moore. I do really like DJ Moore, but you mentioned the situation uh, that with having Fields as your quarterback. Uh, he's more of a run-first QB. Uh, he, can do, he can't throw the ball really well, but he's going to look to run him more times than not. Uh, so it's just going to take away opportunities from DJ Moore. Next up, I have Jerry Judy. Uh, another situation like Sun, I do like Judy a little bit more. He is younger. And I believe a little bit more more talented player there at the wide receiver position. Uh, Grant, the numbers may not show that in comparison between him and Sun, but I really like him. I think Sean Payne's going to use him uh, this year, especially a lot more than they have in the past. Next up, Drake London. Uh, I like his potential, but just having Desmond Ritter as your QB and also uh, your backup being Taylor Heineke, uh, now, Grant, I like Heineke, and I don't, but I don't really like Ritter. So it's just going to be a weird QB situation there. But I think Drake London is super talented, and I believe he put up over 1,000 yards last year in the QB situation that he was in. Next up is going to be Mike Williams. Uh, Mike Williams is their jump ball wide receiver right now, and he does that really well. I think Herbert's going to have a really good year. It's just 
Uh, I don't think he's going to be able to do as well as before because there is Quentin Johnson there. Uh, and if he, uh, if Al- Keaton Allen uh, is healthy, it's going to take away a lot, a lot more targets. Uh, with Keaton Allen being out a lot of the times since Williams has been on the team, has given him a lot more targets. And I think Keaton Allen will be healthy this year, knock on wood. Next up, I have Brandon Ayuk. It's just the QB situation there. I mean, Brock Purdy or Trey Lance. Right now, Brock Purdy is projected as the starter, or they said that he is the starter for week one. So along those lines, Ayuk is really, has turned into one of the better wide receivers, route running wide receivers in the league. It's just, can you take the next step with one of these quarterbacks? I mean, it's, again, it's an interesting situation that you have the last overall pick uh, just last year as your starting QB, or, they, or it's going to be Trey Lance, a guy who it seems like they kind of given up on at this point. Next up, Jordan Addison. I like Addison, super talented wide receiver, uh, rookie this year. But being having Jay Jez be the number one wide receiver in front of you, obviously we know how much how good he is. Uh, it's just how much is Addison going to get there? I mean, he's going to be the wide receiver too coming in, but how much is Christian Kirk or Kirk Cousins going to uh, uh, trust him there? Uh, so next up, I have I put Jason. Uh, slash Lockett. So I like Tyler Lockett and JSN, but they have Metcalf in front of them, who's clearly the number one. And then uh, I think JSN will be better than Lockett. But Lockett just seems like one of those guys where every year he doesn't have a he doesn't have a superstar year, but he doesn't have a bad year. So he's not uh, he's a guy that you could have on your bench, and is if they really start going with the passing lot more with Geno, that he could be one of those guys who they, he relies on, especially more in PPR leagues. Uh, him being more of a slot wide receiver. Uh, or a downfield threat that he can be. Next up, Deontay Johnson. I really like Deontay Johnson. The only thing, though, is is Pickett going to be as good as they think he's going to be? I don't mind Pickett, uh, but I don't think he's going to be as good as people think he will, will be. Uh, after that, I have Michael Pittman. Uh, same thing kind of goes along lines of here with Michael Pittman and uh, Alec, Alec Pierce. Is, is it going to be... Anthony Richardson gonna have to uh, gonna be able to perform. I think Pittman's a little bit better than Pierce. He's more proven, and I would have I'd have I'd be more happy to draft him over uh, Al Pierce. I'd have a little bit more confidence in it. Next up, I have George Pickens. I have him in the same line as Deontay Johnson. It's for the same things. I like Pickens more than Deontay Johnson, even though they're both really talented wide receivers. You probably get Deontay a little bit later, is what I'd be looking for. But it's the QB situation there. Next up, I have Brandon Cooks. Uh, he's been really consistent. He doesn't score a lot of touchdowns, so that's going to be the problem there. But having Dak Prescott, who does like pushing the ball down the field, and Brandon Cooks, who is still uh, very fast, he is still decently young like in comparison for how long he's been in the league. Uh, I believe he came into the league super young. He's not even 30, or he's just turning 30 this year, something along those lines, and he was drafted back in 2014. Uh, so being able to him be the number two, but also having Dak there, uh, he's going to be in a better situation that situation that he has been the last few years, uh, being on like on the Texans and also on the Rams. Next up, I have Jahan Dotson. I believe he had like just a shit ton of touchdowns last year. It really helped out, helped out his fantasy value. But having Sam Howell as a starting QB and also having Terry McLaurin in front of you, it's going to be an interesting situation. I think he'll, ha- he'll take a step forward, but I don't know if he's going to have the same type of touchdown production as he did uh, last year. My next slot, I have OBJ, Bateman, and Zay Flowers. It's just going to be an interesting situation. I have all three of them as tier three because it just kind of depends on who Lamar trusts and who he goes to at this point. I don't really know which one he's going to go to. Is he going to go to the rookie? Is he going to go to OBJ? 
but OBJ is older. Is he going to go to Bateman, who he's had a little bit uh, of time to play with now? Uh, just kind of all in the same slot for me. Next up is Tyler Boyd. Uh, I think he's going to be solid, but he's going to be definitely uh, behind other guys like, obviously, Jamar Chase and, uh, uh, sorry, T. Higgins. But Tyler Boyd's going to be the number three option. He's not going to be a bad option, but uh, he's going to be the number three there. Next up, I have Jacoby uh, Myers. Uh, Jacoby Myers going now to the Raiders, not really having a QB there. I mean, if Jimmy G is starting QB, that's going to be a problem. Uh, for Mayers, and I don't think he's going to have as much production. Uh, granted, Devontae Adams is probably going to take a lot of the attention there, so Mayers may have a little bit better season. But just being on the race, this race seems not going to be the best. And next up, I have Rondell Moore. I don't mind Rondell Moore. He's just on a Cardinals team that doesn't really have a quarterback or an offense that we really I can trust at this point. I mean, Colt McCoy is going to be the QB for a little bit there to start out the season, and then we don't really know how Kyler is going to be uh, coming off this injury. Yeah, so I got Rondell Moore as my first Tier 3. Tier 3 for me, it's interesting. I think Tier 3s are guys that you don't necessarily want to avoid in drafts, but are guys that are not prototypical, you know, your ones or two wide receiver on your team. So these are guys that can filter in. I think there's guys on here that are very that can be very successful, and then there's guys on here that are just high risk, high reward. So it's kind of what your thought process is on them. Um, and I'll kind of give you a brief reason why I have them at Tier 3, and maybe it'll make more sense, as, like I said, as time goes on. So first – I got Rondell Moore, just like uh, just like you. Uh, I don't know the situation there with Arizona. I don't necessarily like Rondell Moore as a whole. I mean, I think he's a good player, don't get me wrong. But the situation, I mean, last year, the really pro- main production he got was from his PPR points because he would get these little screen passes and, and wide receiver outs, whatever. And that works, but also, too, you need to find a guy that's going to be able to get you some deep ball threats and have success on both sides compared to just – you know, quick little two-yard dump offs and have five five receptions there and just that. So that's one of the first reasons why I have him there. Rashad Bateman, I've never been big on Rashad Bateman. I don't think he's that great. I mean, I think more for anything, OBJ there in Baltimore, it's just not going to be a good situation for him. I think he, you know, is a guy that has a high ceiling, but I just don't see him meshing well in Lamar's offense, and I haven't really seen him mesh well in general. OBJ... Put OBJ at tier three because you never really know what you're going to get out of OBJ. Are you going to get a dud or are you going to get a stud? I really don't know. I think he'll be good. I mean, he's looked good in Ravens training camp to start, but he's a guy that's, again, I think a lot of people are going to grab him just because it's OBJ and you know what he has potential to be. But obviously missing last season. Going into this year, there's a higher expectation. Hopefully, you know, he's able to kind of bounce back to where he was at. Jonathan Mingo, I'm really high on Jonathan Mingo. I think he's going to have a great season. You know, a lot of people are expecting him to do well. And He's got all the tools he needs to have success and going into his first season there in Carolina, be a lot of opportunity for him to grow and, and, and flourish. Cortland Sutton, I'm basically done with the Cortland Sutton train. I Cortland Sutton burned me last year um, in one of my leagues in one of my weeks when he got like three three points. So he's he's kind of dead to me. But going into this year too, you know, he has a good opportunity to have success, but I feel like even last year was a better opportunity. The offense was terrible. Obviously, I think the offense is going to be a bit better, but you really don't know how bet much better it's going to be because at the end of the day, yeah, it's a new Sean Payton offense, but it is still Russell Wilson at the quarterback position. So that does concern me at least a little bit. Next, I got Tank Dell you know, for the Texans. I like Tank Dell a lot. I think he's a guy that's a high ball threat. I think he's a deep ball threat, and that's going to be huge for fantasy production. The only thing that scares me with Tank Dell is, is he going to be a guy that averages like three rushes or three receptions a game, and maybe, you know, once he gets, like, three rush uh, receptions, 120-some yards, and 
you know, two touchdowns. And then the next week he gives you one reception for eight yards. So definitely a high risk player, but you see what he's able to do. He's a very high tool wide receiver coming out of Houston. Christian Kirk. I don't necessarily like Christian Kirk. I mean, Christian Kirk's all right. He's not one of the better players in my opinion. And when he was with Arizona, um, I thought he was a bit more successful, but going into his new campaign there in Jacksonville, it does concern me a little bit. I think the connection with Trevor Lawrence early on is going to be a bit spotty, and one of the reasons why I'm a bit skeptical on him. Kadarius Tony now with the Chiefs. I mean, I'm looking for that one guy to kind of replace Tyreek Hill, and I think maybe this year it's going to be Kadarius Tony. But also at the same time, too, he is a very high-risk player. I think Kadarius Tony has a lot of room to grow. He's still a great wide receiver, don't get me wrong, but kind of seeing what his connection is with Mahomo for a period of time is going to make me determine whether or not I think he's going to be there that I want to draft on my fantasy team. K.J. Osborne, my boy. I love K.J. Osborne. I think going into the season, he's going to have a little bit more of an underrated season than people are expecting. One of the reasons why is just because of how dominant that that Vikings pass offense really has been, especially as of late. And going into this year, I think there's going to be more attention on Jefferson, even Jalen Addison, that you know, K.J. Uh, Osborne's a guy that can easily filter through the middle and, and have success. Juju Smith-Schuster, now in New England. I thought the Juju Smith-Schuster experiment was going to work in Kansas City, and it didn't really, in my opinion. And going over to New England, I don't see how it could be much better. But he is a guy that's a 5 two wide receiver. He's a guy that's got tons of talent, tons of potential. And he is a guy that can have a lot of success. The question is, can you put it together? Going with a new quarterback, once again, it's always hard to establish a good connection. It's kind of hard to establish a good connection when your quarterback's Mac Jones. So we'll see how that transpires. I don't think it's going to transpire well. Isaiah Hodgins for the Giants. If there was one wide receiver I'd bet on on the Giants, it's going to be Isaiah Hodgins. I don't know how I feel about him going into this year. I think the passing game kind of peaked last season, and to be honest, it wasn't really that good. I think there was a lot of, obviously, good connection throws to um, not only Saquon Barkley, but, you know, tight ends, whatever. And wide receivers didn't get as much production as they were maybe expecting to have going into this season. Going into this year, though, I th- or last season, going into this year, though, I think he's going to have a great opportunity to have success from the get-go. He's going to be one of the guys that established the connection early on with Danny Dimes. So I think he's the guy, if you had to pick one guy in the Giants that you picked, it would probably be him. And then finally, I got Jahan Donson. He's Gary Terry is obviously the main wide receiver there in Washington. Jahan Donson's kind of a role wide receiver. He's a guy that's not going to produce big numbers, but he's a guy that can kind of hang in there in the mix. He's a guy that I'd probably avoid, but at the same time, too, especially with Sam Howell, Maybe he is the guy that develops a connection with Sam Howell, and then their manager's team is in a better position as a whole. Okay, your tier two wide receivers, or three, sorry, or two, whatever it is. Two, yeah. So these tier two guys are guys who either are going to be the number two wide receiver on this team, or maybe number one, but it just kind of they're in a big group where there's either another guy there, or they're a little bit older, or it's going to be a little bit Q- QB suspect play, but they're all guys who. I am looking for probably guys who you can get, I would guess, around round five-ish, four or five, uh, kind of depending on how the draft's going. So the first one I have is T. Higgins. Uh, I think Joe Burrow is going to be completely healthy, and T. Higgins is going to be the number two uh, option there. Obviously, you have Jamar. You do have to worry about Tyler Boyd some weeks, but I think T. Higgins is going to take that next step this year. Uh, next up, I do have uh, Keenan Allen. I think Keenan Allen's going to have his best year yet. I mean, he's been injured for so long, and I just want him to have one good year. And I really think it's going to be this year because I think uh, Herbert's going to throw for a lot more. And, yes, you do have three really good wide receivers in Quinn Johnson. You have uh, Mike Williams and Knight, and also Keenan Allen. You also have Austin Eckler. But I think this would be enough go around. I mean, uh, I think we're going to have a similar season maybe to 2021 where he had – 
uh, 106 receptions, uh, 1,100 yards, six touchdowns. I don't think he's going to be a huge touchdown threat. Uh, probably around, probably around that six range is where I, I see it. But I see him just racking up for a lot of catches, like how he has been. So great for PPR. Uh, next up, I have Calvin Ridley slash Christian Kirk. I'm a little bit higher in Christian, on Christian Kirk than you are. Uh, and I like the combination of the two of them. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, I think, is going to take an even bigger step this next year, especially how big or how bad these other teams are in in that division. I mean, there's not really anyone else who they're going to p- compete against. And I think they're just going to take the lead early and just start thro- just throw a lot early on. I mean, Trevor Lawrence last year had uh, 4,100 yards, 25 passing touchdowns. I'm going to make a hot prediction here, a hot take for Trevor Lawrence. I think he could uh, get 40 touchdowns this year. Uh, and I think that's why Kevin Ridley and Christian Kirk outside so much, because I think they, they're going to have a good amount of touchdowns between two of them. Next up, I have Chris uh, Olave. Uh, the reason I have Olave is because he's a lot more explosive. I mean, he had a really quiet year last year with having bad quarterbacks uh, overall. So now having uh, Derek Carr there, it's kind of the same thing as Michael Thomas, but I think Olave is going to uh, prove himself this year a little bit more. Olave last year had uh, over 1,000 yards and only four touchdowns. He's one of those guys who can get a lot more touchdowns than the deep ball threat there. Next up, I have Adebo, uh or Adebo saying – Oh my gosh, sorry. Uh, I have Debo. Uh, with Debo, he's going to be one of those guys. I mean, I think they're going to use – it's going to be weird because they have uh, Christian McCaffrey there, so they're not going to really use Debo, I guess, as the runner that he – they did a couple years ago at least as much, especially because he wanted to be more of a wide receiver. But he's been effective both ways. But I think they're going to go back to that, especially with the QB play. Uh, do I think he's going to get 1,400 yards. Uh, and 350 or 360 rushing yards with a combined 14 touchdowns. Probably not, but I think you combine uh, for probably 1,400 yards and have 10 touchdowns, and he's going to do a little bit both. He's going to be more of that slot guy, get you a good amount of receptions. And I feel like they're outside of him, Christian McCaffrey and uh, George Kittle, there's not really anyone there. Debo's going to be the mo- most explosive guy on this roster. Next up, I have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Uh, I think God, Mike Evans is going to just fight to try to get that 1,000-yard streak, keep on going every season. And I think they're just going to try to feed him as much as they can for that to keep on going because the, Tampa Bay really isn't playing for a whole lot. And Chris Godwin, uh, when healthy, is just he's just a stud out there. I mean, he's the one guy uh, that seems like he, they, he always burns the Saints. I mean, I would think it's Mike Evans. Mike Evans always gets tossed after, like, the first – quarter for fighting uh, Marshawn Lattimore. So he's going to miss some games there. So Godwin gets a lot more receptions. Uh, next up, I do have uh, Amari Cooper here. I mean, he's going to be just a safe option there uh, in Cleveland. Uh, Cooper, just one of the best route runners in the league, period. Uh, still super young for the most part. I mean, he's not even 30 yet. Uh, but last year had nine touchdowns, 1,100 yards. Uh, he didn't even have Deshaun Watson the whole year. Uh, he had a guy just filtering throughout. So I think he could uh, bring it back to where he's uh, at the 90 reception mark, 1,100 yards, and pushing 10 touchdowns. Uh, there really is anyone else outside of Amari Cooper there uh, at the in the wide receiver room. Yeah, it's Elijah Moore, but outside of that, he's going to be the number one target. Next up, I have DeAndre Hopkins. The reason why I have Hopkins I, uh, a little bit lower is because he is getting uh, a little bit older now, drafted back in 2013. Uh, and also just the QB play there. Uh, you don't know if they're going to go with Tannehill, Levis, Malik Willis. I mean, it's just kind of 
a mess over there at the QB room and having him there, it's going to be just, it's just going to be interesting because they got him and Traylon Burks. Just overall, it's not going to be a good situation. I think they're just going to rely on Hunter Hen- or Derek Henry and they're not going to really pass as much as they seem like they will be. And lastly, I have Terry McLaurin. I think he's going to produce no matter what, even if Sam Howe is the starting quarterback. Uh, Terry McLaurin is just one of the best wide receivers in the league. I mean, he can do everything. He's got some of the best hands. Uh, he's able. He's got. He's a great route runner. Last year, he had almost uh, twelve hundred yards with five touchdowns. Now he's never been a big touchdown guy in his career. His career high was his rookie year, seven yard, seven with seven receiving touchdowns. But every year, he's between a thousand and eleven hundred yards. I think that's what you're going to consistently get out of him. And just having that consistently, knowing that he's going to be the number one target there. Yeah, Jahan Dawson could t- potentially take away touchdowns like hey, he did last year. But I think McLaurin definitely gets more than uh, the five touchdowns. I think he probably gets more like the six to eight range. So my first guy at tier two is going to be Zay Flowers. I think this rookie is going to be very good. By the way, tier two for me is mainly wide receiver two flex. These are guys that you probably are playing every week. It depends also on matchups too. So kind of right in the middle, guys, guys that you want to get towards the end of, not say end of your drafts, but end of your competitive drafts. Zane Flowers, I like him a lot. I obviously talked about how my other tier, two tier wide receivers are OBJ and Rashad Bateman, and they're tier three. So he's actually my number one receiver there on the Ravens. And the Ravens have said that they want to go to a little bit more of a pass first offense. Not necessarily a pass first offense, but they want to get Lamar more involved in the passing game, especially early on to obviously save his legs. We get the running game established. I like him there. I really like DJ Moore. I almost put him at tier one. I think, yeah, Justin Fields is going to run the ball a lot. They're going to try to have success running the football. But through the air, too, I mean, DJ Moore is a big ball threat. He's a guy that's going to get some deep catches, but he's going to get consistent catches. Him and Cole Kamara, I think, are the two consistent catches there for the Chicago Bears. Adam Thielen for the Panthers this season. I think he's one of the number two, number one or number two wide receivers for Carolina. As mentioned, you know, Bryce Young's going to look for a stable quarterback or wide receiver from the quarterback position. I think Thielen's a guy that's going to be stable. I think he's a guy that has a lot of chance for success. But more than that, he's a guy that's going to filter in the mix very nicely and be very successful for the Carolina Panthers. He's going to be maybe not the biggest yard guy, but he's going to be a good amount of touchdowns, which is huge because touchdowns are those big six-pointers unless your league's a bit funky. But, yeah, so I'm liking Adam Thielen there. Michael Gallup, I mean, this is a guy that's kind of a fill-in spot. I don't like many receivers on the Cowboys besides C.D. Lamb, but you have to have a solid two there. Gallup is your guy. Gallup is a guy that we've seen kind of have some up and down weeks throughout fantasy season, so he's a bit of a risk. He's a guy that you might put in your flex position one week and sit the next. And I think maybe going into this year, Dak Prescott is obviously going to continue to want to throw over 4,000 yards, so Gallup's going to have to be a contributing factor to that. Then I got Jerry Judy, Judge Judy. I mean, I've never liked Jerry Judy. I try to be high on him at some points, and sometimes it's just very difficult to – Going into this end for the Broncos, he is a guy that's going to have to be at the forefront of the defensive secondary. If he's not, then they're in a more vulnerable position, which is obviously something that they don't want to be in. Jerry Judy is a guy, again, that is going to get a lot of catches for touchdowns potentially, which is good fantasy value. But, again, I feel like sometimes with Jerry Judy, you're playing rushing roulette. I put Jamison Williams here at the tier two. Now, I know he's suspended six games, but he is a very high prolific wide receiver. We saw what he was able to do at Alabama. Going into a Detroit offense, I think it's going to be high power too. He's the guy that can be the number two wide receiver behind Amon Ron St. Brown. That's going to be huge for Jared Goff or, you know, a guy like Hendon Hooker, whoever does lead the quarterback position throughout the season. He's the guy that showed explosive strength, explosive speed. 
He's a guy that's a tool, five tool wide receiver. Going into the season, obviously he's suspended, so he's not going to be as productive as you know maybe he was expected to going into the season. But whenever he's able to get back on the field, as long as he's able to stay healthy, I know he's dealing with a little bit of an injury right now. He'll be in a good position for the Detroit Lions and you know continue his career on the right foot or start his career on the right foot, I should say. Christian Watson for the Packers. I didn't like Christian Watson last season. I got pissed off because every time Christian Watson seemed like he'd have three catches for like 130 yards and three touchdowns. I don't think that's going to happen this year. I think he has the potential to be the number one receiver for the Packers going into this season. And Jordan Love's going to look for a guy that's young. He's fast, deep ball threat. Every quarterback loves throwing the ball deep. He's going to be a guy that can be that guy and be a big, big deep ball threat there. For the Packers, I think he's got a lot of opportunities to thrive and have success. The question is, can he be a little bit more consistent and not necessarily just a touchdown guy? Obviously, touchdowns are huge, but those guys always scare me. I like guys that have high repetitions or reps because it's easier to kind of get some targets as well as just know in your head that, okay, this is a guy that's going to be able to be um, competing for the, the, the Packers this offseason this season. Thinking about there, Jalen Reed, I do like him there in the Packers offense. I think he's a guy that can potentially be a tier one receiver. He might be a Christian Watson 2.0 going into the season, but the Packers do have some young wide receiver core. They obviously have a lot of improvement that they can do, but they're in a good position right now. So I think that's something that's going to be huge for a guy like Jaden Reed. He was very versatile in college. I think he's a guy that's going to translate very well to the NFL. Reminds me a lot of Michael Pittman, who's my next guy. Michael Pittman last year was a disappointment to a lot of people. He was expected to be the number one receiver and have you know, maybe top five, top ten wide receiver credentials at the end of the season. And he just wasn't that guy for the Colts. And that was disappointing. I know in our fantasy league, our, one of the guys who owned Michael Pittman was pissed. He ended trading Michael Pittman for Austin Eckler, kind of gave up on him. Bad trade there, don't get me wrong. But just kind of showed the season that Michael Pittman had last year. Now, he isn't necessarily perceived as a veteran, but he is on that Colts wide receiver core alongside a guy like Alex Pierce. And where the way that... Um, you know, we got Anthony Richard coming in, Anthony Richardson coming at the quarterback position. You need a consistent guy. Pittman isn't like necessarily extremely fast, but he's very good at the wide receiver position. He's very good at what he does, I guess is a good way to put it. And so going into this season, he's going to have to continue to do that and have success because if he's able to, not only will his fantasy value be up, but his, uh, his uh, team for or value for the team will be up as well. So kind of win win situation potentially. I like Alec Pierce, who's my next guy. I think he's a little bit lower than I'd like to put him. He showed, obviously, that he was more of a good wide receiver on Thursday Night Football and then kind of faltered the rest of the season, which he needs to have a bit more consistency, which is why I put him at the Tier 2 position. But in my opinion, Pittman and Pierce are the only guys there that really have any chance of getting repetitions and getting some you know notice there. I think Alec Pierce is a guy that's a good prototype. He was a guy that was kind of under the radar throughout his journey to the NFL, but... He's a guy that can definitely emerge there in his second season. And then I got my next guy is, um, let's see here. We got Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley, I don't like Calvin Ridley. I'm not buying the hype. Let's not forget, he missed the entirety of last season with gambling. He's going to be a bit rusty. I mean, yeah, is he going to be the same Calvin Ridley that he was there? I mean, potentially. But at the same time, he's also not played last season. So it's a little bit of a interesting dilemma that you get yourself in sometimes. These guys are expected to do well from the get-go. But it's a transition to the NFL. I don't like Calvin Ridley. I'm not saying that he's not a good, not a good player, but I just don't like him necessarily going into the season. This Jaguars offense confused me last season. I think it's going to confuse me this season. That's one of the reasons why I think you should be a little bit hesitant on him, especially if he's kind of getting drafted high on people's boards. Next, I got Hunter Renfro. I also used to love Hunter Renfro. I thought he was a guy that was one of my favorites, just consistent numbers. You know, wasn't the guy that wasn't gonna or was gonna necessarily jump off the page as far as production. 
but he is a guy that is going to be consistent. And is he going to be as good as a lot of people were expecting him to be going into last season? No, but is he going to be the guy that's going to be consistent for the Raiders' offense? Yes. Quinton Johnson, the rookie for the Chargers. I'm liking Quinton Johnson a lot. I mean, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams are both valuable wide receivers. I think they're going to have a good successful year. But I did say that Herbert was going to be the MVP for this season. So he's going to get that rookie involved. I also think the attention for Herbert or Allen and Williams is going to be there. Williams is a bit spotty at times, too, and he's also dealt with some injuries. Same with Keenan Allen. So that's a perfect mix for Quentin Johnson to get in the mix and have success from the get-go in week one. Michael Thomas. I'm liking Michael Thomas this year. I mean, he's healthy right now. Who knows? I mean, it was the same thing last year, but he is an all-pro wide receiver when he is healthy. I think he played in three games last season and had three touchdowns. So good wide receiver for the Saints. Consistent guy there that Derek Carr could develop a connection with early on. Garrett Wilson for the Jets. I don't know how I feel about Garrett Wilson. I'm putting him here at 2-2, but that's just because I feel like he's going to be one of those guys that has a connection with Rodgers and is able to have success with Aaron Rodgers and the offense that the Jets are running with Nathaniel Hackett. Is he a guy that's one of my favorite wide receivers? No. But as far as his fit's concerned, I definitely like him there. And then I got Brandon Ayuk. Again, again, Ayuk's a guy that I've never been high on. Brandon Ayuk going into this situation with the 49ers, I feel like he gets overlooked. And I think going into this year, he's going to be overlooked once again. Then we got Christian McCaffrey who's basically a wide receiver. George Kittle, obviously. And then you got a mix of like Debo Samuel, throwing in the mix, Brandon Ayuk, and a bunch of other randoms that find a way to have success because of how good the 49ers offense really is. Going into the season, Ayuk does scare me, but there's a lot of people that are expecting Ayuk to potentially be a wide receiver one for fantasy. So who really knows? And finally, my final guy is going to be John Menchie. I love John Menchie. Obviously, last year he had leukemia, so he wasn't able to play. I think that's one of the reasons why people are a bit concerned with Menchie going into the season as far as health is concerned. But at the end of the day, everyone struggles with health. And yeah, I mean, not everyone struggles with cancer. And But at the end of the day, people do miss a lot of time because of health and injuries. And yeah, is he a bit more vulnerable to injuries? Sure. But is that really going to impact my decision to draft him? No. Especially on that Texans offense where you got guys like Tank Dell and John Menchie that can really thrive. And be the focal points there and you know good dynasty wide receivers for the Texans and your dynasty fantasy team. I'm liking John Menchie there at the two position. Your tier one. So at tier one are guys that are gonna probably are probably not gonna be first round picks, uh just because there's very few first round uh caliber wide receivers. But these are guys who definitely made later first round or definitely second, third round guys. Uh wouldn't be wouldn't I definitely want to be leaving with at least one of these guys. Uh, in my draft or uh, potentially one of these guys, depending on how my draft goes, especially if I go running back early. Uh, but my first one, I'm going to go with uh, Stefan Diggs. And he's definitely one of those guys who can go in tier, uh, the superstar tier, but I have four guys in, four guys in my superstar tier, and I didn't want to go much more than that. But Diggs is definitely one of those guys I could argue about putting into my superstar tier. I mean, Pat, with how good Josh Allen is and just how good Diggs is himself and the connection that they have there. I mean, since day one, they uh, had a really good connection. Uh, next up, I have Devontae Adams. I mean, he's one of the probably most talented wide receivers in the league, uh, but it's just the QB situation there. Jimmy Garoppolo is starting QB. That's not good. And even last year, it seems like he had a very underperforming uh, under, uh, year. I mean, even though he did have Derek Carr, it seems like the connection wasn't really there that everyone thought that he was going to have. Granted, he was coming off probably one of his best years uh, of his career, just as like a wide receiver in general. One of the best seasons with Aaron Rodgers, uh, that Rodgers MVP year. Next up, I have C.D. Lamb. Uh, C.D. Lamb and Derek Carr have definitely had some years now together uh, to kind of just be on the same page. And C.D. Lamb, I think, is probably going to have his best year this next year. 
Uh, he, and I think he's going to top uh, last year. Last year, he had 107 receptions, uh, which beat out his previous uh, 79, had 1,300 yards, nine receiving touchdowns. Uh, he does have like 10 rush attempts every year. Uh, so it's not really that big of a deal. I mean, he'll get you like an extra 50 ish yards from that. So five points there. So not much there, but I think he's going to beat out that, especially being able to have one more year of Derek or of Dak Prescott and Dak Prescott stays healthy. We know the Cowboys love throwing the ball, especially Dak Prescott. Uh, you mentioned the 4,000 yards. He definitely wants to keep on, uh, keep on throwing 4,000 yards every year. Uh, if not, try to push 5,000, which I don't know if Derek Carr, I mean, there's potential, or sorry, Dak Prescott, there's potential that he could do that. Uh, next up, I have A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts, I mean, they should just showed off last year, uh, had a really good year together. I mean, even with having Devonta Smith there, uh, they all, honestly, all three of them uh, had probably the best years of their career. I mean, uh, with A.J. Brown coming over from the Titans and to let their situation, he had just under 1,500 yards, 11 receiving touchdowns. Now, do I think he repeats that? No, I think price is more around 13, uh, 1,300 receiving yards with like seven, seven to nine touchdowns. I don't think he gets the double-digit mark because I think Devonta Smith takes the next step forward. His uh, next guy I have on my list, I believe he's going to have an even better season than he did last year. I mean, being a former Heisman Heisman trophy winner as a wide receiver uh just proves how good he uh he was in college and i think he's gonna have his best year this next coming up year i mean just even even with having it he had seven touchdowns last year almost 1200 yards i think he's gonna take a step forward get to the 13 1400 yards probably still save around that seven touchdown mark maybe a little bit more after that i have amon ross st brown i mean amon ross is gonna be really the only option there uh in detroit in Detroit, and it seems like him and Jared Goff already have this really good connection. Last year, 106 receptions, uh, 1,100 yards, six receiving touchdowns. Now, Graham, when JMO comes back, I don't think he's going to take away any type of targets there, especially early on being him being gone for six games. But I think it opens up the field a little bit more, be able to uh, run some more plays and get Ramon Ra uh, a little bit more space there. I think he's probably going to get to the 1,300 yard. 1,300 yards, and probably he'll probably stay around that six range. He probably could push seven, maybe eight touchdowns there. But I could see him getting another 100-plus reception a year, uh, which is going to be great for PPR. Next up, I have Garrett Wilson. You mentioned that he's probably going to be one of the only wide receivers on that roster that's really going to do anything for uh, the Jets. I mean, yes, Aaron Rodgers is going to do his thing, and there's some other guys there that he's already had a connection with. But I think Garrett Wilson and him, uh, already have a really good connection and they're going to be able to uh, do even more. I mean, Garrett Wilson had a great year last year and he was doing that with Zach Wilson, uh, Mike White. Uh, so being able to do that, uh, have that connection with Aaron Rodgers is going to be, I think it's going to up his game. Next up, I have Jalen Waddle. Uh, the whole thing with Waddle is, is Tua going to be there the whole time? I mean, Waddle's also very hit or miss in fantasy. Uh, he'll have a game where he'll just go off, and the next game he'll have three receptions for like 55 yards. So it's just how much are they going to be able to keep him uh, in the game? He gets a decent amount of receptions. Rick here had four, 104. Last year, only 75. That granted, last year did miss two. He has Skylar Thompson in there at your quarterback at some point. I think Teddy Two Gloves was your quarterback. Uh, just So it's going to be up to two. Uh, I mean, him and Hill are going to be one of the best wide receiver com- combos. Now, I think Waddle does 
puts up roughly the same numbers, but I think he puts up more receptions, which is going to help out his PPR value. Uh, after that, I do have DK Metcalf. Uh, I mean, DK Metcalf, JSN, and going to have Lockett there. I mean, that receiving trio is going to be great, and I think uh, DK Metcalf did have somewhat of a down year. Uh, his PPR numbers would have been there. Well, Barracks did get nine receptions, just uh, 1,000 yards, six receiving touchdowns. I think the touchdowns will go up. He'll probably get a little bit more uh, yards, but I do think his receptions, the amount does go down. He probably goes down to the uh, low 80s, maybe high 70s receptions, but I think his yards are going to go up to this 1200, more 1200s. He's going to push those touchdowns back up to that 10, 10 to 12 range how he did the last two years uh, before us. But yeah, that lands out my tier one list right there. So my tier one list, these are guys that are mainly wide receiver one slash two. I mean, there's guys that can kind of filter in the mix here. My superstar tier, I got like 12, 15 guys just because it is wide receiver heavy. This one and my tier two are about the same. So first off, Drake London. Going into his second year, I'm really high on Drake London. I really do believe this is the best opportunity for Drake London to have success, you know, in the, as far as his season is concerned. Drake London's a guy that's a terrific asset, the wide receiver position. I already talked about earlier, I don't think Matt Collins is going to be really any good. So Drake London seems to be in a perfect situation with that. Hollywood Brown, I mean, it's kind of hard to not put Hollywood Brown here at the tier one position, in my opinion, because I feel like he's really the only option for a Cardinals quarterback to throw to. Are the Cardinals quarterbacks good? No, but do I think they have an opportunity to get a guy like Hollywood Brown in the mix filtered very nicely? Yes, I do believe so. I think he's a guy that, again, is we've seen what he's able to do. High volume, obviously, missed some time last year, but he's always able to stay healthy as much as possible and on the field. He's a guy that can get 8 to 10 receptions a game and be their really only reliable offensive weapon. I got T. Higgins. I mean, T. Higgins almost was a superstar tier. I almost had two superstar tiers there. T. Higgins last year was very solid. He was a guy that complimented Jamar Chase very well and Tyler Boyd as well. Siri found this on the web that he was insane, too. Uh, but T. Higgins is a guy that is consistent. He's a guy that Joe Burrow targets very nicely. And T. Higgins is a guy that's going to get you tremendous value. He could be your wide receiver one, depending on how your offense does shape out. Amari Cooper. I'm putting Amari Cooper here at the tier one position. I don't know why, per se. I think a lot of people maybe forgot about Amari Cooper. I feel like ever since he went to the Browns, he kind of just flowed under the radar. But Amari Cooper is still consistent, in my opinion. Going into this season, I think he's the number one receiver for the Cleveland Browns. And Deshaun Watson definitely has an option to throw to him a good amount. And I think he's a guy that, again, can filter in very nicely and then just continue to have some success. Sky Moore, this is the next Tyreek Hill as far as the Chiefs offense is concerned. I mean, look at the Chiefs offense and their weapons. They got Kadarius, Tony, Sky Moore, Marcus Valdez-Scanlon, Travis Kelsey. I mean – they're finding a way – they'll find a way to get it done with Sky Moore. I really do believe so. Sky Moore is a good wide receiver talent. He's a good – a lot of wide receiver potential. And he's the guy that can be kind of like the next Tyreek Hill or Patrick Mahomes could establish. I believe he's also the second year too. Second year guys typically have an edge. I'm going for Sky Moore a lot. I think he's a guy that can fall to a lot of people. I think a lot of people are buying like a Kadarius Tony type. I'm really fine for Sky Moore. Next, I got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, I guess. Kind of both of them there at the Sierra one position. Biggest thing with both those guys is health. Can they be on the field? But when they're together, it's a dynamic offense. Again, with the Quentin Johnson thing, I think their offense is going to be off the charts this season. Both wide receivers complement each other very well. It does seem like at times, though, Keenan Allen has a good game. Mike Williams is a bad one. But honestly, at the interchange position, I wouldn't really have a difference between who I would prefer. 
if you wanted a more consistent guy, I think it would go with Keenan Allen. But if you have the opportunity to kind of take some risk, I would go with Mike Williams. But at the end of the day, I think both will finish around the lower tier one category. Cooper Cup, I'm putting Cooper Cup at the tier one position. I don't think I would ever put Cooper Cup in the tier one position, but it does concern me a little bit. Obviously, last year got injured. He already got banged up this year. I don't know how much he's going to miss if he's going to miss any, but that Rams offense is just terrible. They were one of the worst offenses last year. And obviously, Matt Stafford's a bit inconsistent. And Cooper Cup, as far as his talent wise, is good. But what makes the difference between a Cooper Cup and a Jamar Chase is for Cooper Cup, he's the only option on the Rams offense. It's not like they got those guys like Robert Woods really anymore. Or Someone like that to compliment Cooper Cup. It's just Cooper Cup. So all the attention is going to be focused on Cooper Cup. But his skill set alone and the way that he is targeted by Matthew Stafford is going to potentially put him into the mix for, you know, a superstar tier wide receiver. I think a lot of people are going to buy the hype, but I don't believe that you should just because I think he's a bit skeptical going into the season. He has been struggling with some injuries. Next on my list, I do have Jordan Addison. I think Justin Jefferson will still be a superstar wide receiver, but his production is going to be a bit down. Jordan Addison's a deep ball threat, and he's a prolific wide receiver, prolific route runner. He got one guy on one side of the line and Jordan Addison, and the other side you got Justin Jefferson. It's a deadly combination. I'm really excited as a Vikings fan to see the connection between the two and what happens with this offense. But Jordan Addison is fast, both driving fast as well as running fast. He's a guy that's going to be a deep ball threat and a regular threat and get a lot of touchdowns for the Vikings this season. Chris Olave, I'm really high on Chris Olave. I was almost high to the point that I wanted to put him on my superstar list. Chris Olave is in a great situation there at Derek Carr. I thought he did really well last year. I believe he reached 1,000 yards last season. And going into this season, yeah, you know, Michael Thomas is a bit concerned, but he's like, he's a dude for the Saints. He's almost like the future, even though Michael Thomas still has some time left. It feels like he's old because of how injured he's been. But Chris Olave, man, he's the guy that could be the next Michael Thomas for the New Orleans Saints. I'm really liking him. Devontae Smith, I'm liking Devontae Smith a lot too for the Philadelphia Eagles this season. I thought him and A.J. Brown, you could potentially interchange those two. Superstar, tier one, wide receivers, whatever you end up deciding. But Devontae Smith is consistent. You mentioned earlier about him being a Heisman winner. That's the best player in all of college football. You typically don't see a wide receiver do. That was the production that he had at Alabama. He's complimented with Jalen Hurts very well, both coming from Alabama. So he's had a good amount of success there, and he's still going to be like the number one, number two wide receiver. I feel like A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are interchangeable, but I'm definitely picking Devontae Smith, especially with how high-powered that Eagles offense is. George Pickens, I'm liking George Pickens a lot again this season for the Steelers. George Pickens is a guy that can have tremendous success. He's a guy that's kind of been there, done that already for the Steelers. I think George Pickens going into the season, you know, he's going to be one of the options for main options for Kenny Pickett, and Kenny Pickett does concern me a bit, especially throwing the football. So going into the season, I do think uh, George Pickens has got the opportunity to be a tier one wide receiver. DK slash Jackson Smith to Jigma. Rarely do I put a rookie this high, but I think these two are going to be the next DK or Tyler Lock, even though Tyler Lock is a bit disappointing. These two guys are going to be consistent. Let's not forget, uh, we still got Geno Smith at the quarterback position. These guys are high prolific wide receivers. DK is one of the – best athletic-looking humans besides Derrick Henry in the NFL. Jackson Smith, the Jigba, put up insane numbers at Ohio State. These two are the next Bonnie and Clyde as far as how much projection these two are going to be. Chris Godwin, I normally wouldn't put a Buccaneer this high, but as long as Chris Godwin stays on the field, it's just him and Mike Evans on the offensive side. Going into the season, again, I'd be curious to see 
how Chris Godwin and Mike Evans play, if Chris Godwin can stay healthy. But he's a guy that is going to be looked at a lot. And even if Kyle Trask is a quarterback, he's been in that system. He knows what he likes. He's very steady. He likes Chris Godwin. Even Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield's going to run around, find it, throw it up in the air, and find Chris Godwin as well. Great route runner, great deep ball threat. And as like I said, with him staying healthy. Traylon Burks, I know he's injured right now. I don't know when exactly he's coming back. I believe he sprained his LCL, if I'm not mistaken. But again, another prolific wide receiver for the Titans, D-Hop and Traylon Burks, going into his second season out of Arkansas, if I'm not mistaken. A guy that I'm also very high on, especially if he's injured for the first couple of weeks to start the season. He's the guy you can kind of stash on your bench when bye weeks come about. He's the guy that you can sub in there at that position. And finally, Scary Terry. I mean, he's the number one wide receiver for the Commanders. The thing that does scare me about Scary Terry, what kind of separates me from putting him at the superstar level, is the fact that Sam Howell is the quarterback. If it was maybe a Taylor Heineke, I'd feel a little bit better. But Scary Terry going into this season, I think has definitely got a lot of opportunities to continue his magic and potentially could finish in that superstar tier. Okay, and then your superstars. So for my superstars, these four guys are all guys who who have really high upside. Uh, yes, one of them does have an injury history or the last couple this last year, and he's doing stuff right now. And there's you could say suspect QB play, but these are guys who have proven it and been put up the numbers the last few years. So my first one, I have Justin Jefferson. Last year, had a career high 128 receptions, 1,800 receiving yards, uh, eight touchdowns. He also had a rushing touchdown, uh, which I don't really want to put that in there just because it's not going to be every year where he does something like that. Uh, Greg, is he going to get basically 130 receptions, 1,800 yards? No, he's probably going to move down, especially with Addison there. But you also got to remember Dalvin Cook isn't there. Uh, it's Alexander Mass, and so how much do they really trust the running game? Obviously, they trust it enough to get rid of Dalvin Cook, but do they trust it enough to rely on Madison? Well, uh, it'll probably get closer to the 110 mark, I would have guessed, in reception, and probably right around the 1,500 yards instead of 1,800. But I think his touchdowns can get back up to the double digits. I can see him getting 12 touchdowns, maybe 14 touchdowns even. Uh, just being that type of threat and also having an uh, ass in there is going to hurt maybe some of his red zone targets because they are both bigger wide receivers. Uh, but I think Jay Jetta is just going to be able to – I think his touchdowns are going to go up, but his receiving yards are going to go down. But he's still going to have a good amount of receptions for that. Next up, I do have Cooper Cup. I get he was injured last year, uh, and he's doing some stuff right now. But Cooper Cup, when he was on the field – he was great. I know Matthew Stafford, he's also had an injury, but that was an elbow injury. He missed a decent amount of the season last year, and I know he, uh, I know that Stafford's feeling a lot better. Uh, his, his elbow is fine. It's back to normal. Now, Cup is 30 years old, so for wide receivers, it is that is on the older side, and he did only play in nine games last year. Did, did have 75 receptions for 812 yards and six receiving touchdowns. So it wasn't like he was on a bad pace uh, before he got injured. He just got injured in this uh, seven or eight games. Uh, he would have probably had 120. If you play those eight more games, I guess maybe 110 uh, receptions, push, pushing 1,200 yards and probably 10 touchdowns, 10, 11 touchdowns. And Grant, is he going to have that season that he did in 2021, 145 receptions, almost 2,000 yards, 16 touchdowns? No, but if Stafford's healthy, uh, I could see him getting right back to that, right around the 100 mark between 
90 and probably 110. I know it's a big range, but I could definitely see that. Back up to 11, 1,200 receptions and get to back to the double-digit touchdowns. Uh, next up, Jamar Chase. I mean, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase just have a great connection. I mean, we've seen it so far their entire career together, uh, especially dating all the way back to LSU playing college. Last year, Jamar did have – did take a step down uh, overall. I mean, he only played in 12 games because of injury. Still had 80, 87, 87 receptions, which is six more than last year, but only 1,046 yards, uh, which is 400 less than last year, and nine touchdowns, which is four less than his uh, rookie year. But I think he's going to step those numbers up, especially being healthy. I don't think Joe Burrow is going to be uh, missing any time. So I think the connection is going to be there. I mean, he gets a good amount of targets every year. Uh but it's just – is he going to stay healthy? And I think he this is going to be his breakout year. I know he had a really good year as Rick here, but I think he's really going to show out this year. He's probably going to – I think he's going to push over 100 receptions, 1,500 yards, and at least double-digit touchdowns again like I did his rookie year. And last one, I have Tyreek Hill. I mean, we saw it last year, Tyreek Hill and uh, Tua's connection. I mean, it was insane. I mean, Tyreek had basically 2,000 yards, it felt like, receiving. I mean, he had 1,700, seven touchdowns. Tyree Hill already talked about how he's going to try to get 2,000 uh, receiving yards this year, which is going to be insane if he does because it it's it, we never see that. I mean, last year had 119 receptions, 1,710 yards, seven uh, receiving touchdowns, and he was doing that with a lot of time towards the end without Tua. I mean, he had uh, Skylar Thompson in there, uh, like I mentioned, Tay Two Gloves. I mean, when I was talking about Waddle. So having Tua in there, I mean, does he reach 2,000 yards? I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say no because Tyreek Hill could definitely do that, especially if Tua's in there and healthy the whole time. But uh, definitely he's going to get back. He's going His four is basically 1,200 yards, uh, right around 90 receptions. And his touchdowns were down at seven. I mean, he's had seven touchdowns three years, six uh, his rookie year. But outside of that, nine, 12, 15. So I think his four is seven to seven. Uh, 90-something receptions and 1,200 yards, which is still uh, up there in the wide receivers. I mean, that definitely finishes in the top 10 of fantasy every year. And these wide receivers are – those four wide receivers are all guys I think you're going to see uh, getting drafted in the first round, maybe a couple later in the first. Yeah, so my superstar, I think I have about 10 to 12. I mean, these are guys that you have to get at least one of. If you can get two of, you're golden. But at the same time, you're probably going to sacrifice your running backs or tight ends. So – if you can get at least one of these, you'll be in a good position. Versus Stephon Diggs, I know what you talked about earlier with Kincaid being filtered in the mix, but the wide receiver position, he's like the only guy for the Bills. I mean, they lost Isaiah McKenzie. Their other option really is Gabe Davis, and he was so inconsistent last year. Pissed me off so much my fantasy team. Diggs is a guy that can get up to 1,600, 1,700 yards with Josh Allen. He's going to look for him every single time. He's the guy that the ball knows. Everyone knows the ball is going to Stephon Diggs. He's still going to have success. Same thing with Jamar Chase. I mean, Jamar Chase is a guy that's arguably potentially going number one in drafts behind a guy like Justin Jefferson. Jamar Chase is a guy that's had tremendous success for the Bengals early on in his career. He's a guy that's going to have another good season, be probably the number one wide receiver. My impact, I think, on Justin Jefferson. But Jamar Chase is a guy that's tremendous. Burrow loves him. We obviously know how good he is. C.D. Lamb, I like C.D. Lamb a lot this year. I feel like there's not many options for the Cowboys to throw to with losing Schultz. That opens more opportunity for CeeDee Lamb. 
to have success from the get-go, and Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb obviously established a great connection. CeeDee Lamb's a guy that could have 10 receptions a game for 80-something yards and a couple tutties. Next, I got Amon Ron St. Brown. I think he's going to finish inside the top three of wide receivers. He's the guy that was getting like 12, 13 catches a game, 140 yards, a couple touchdowns. Jared Goff loves him. He also can run it too. I know that doesn't really matter for PPR purposes, but PPR-wise, this is a guy that can give you a consistent 15 to 20 points a week, which is huge at the wide receiver position. I'm really high on him on Ron St. Brown. Devontae Adams, I know he doesn't have the best situation there in Las Vegas, but I do believe you know he is one of the guys that's still going to continue to step up and into the mix very nicely and be a guy that's consistent for a guy like Jimmy G and establish a connection early on. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, I put both the wide receivers at the superstar position. They're, like, interchangeable. I'm still holding on to my hot take that Tyreek Hill will get 2,000 receiving yards this year. Jalen Waddle will be too far behind him. Jalen Waddle is going to get more touchdowns, though, which is going to be big for, um, you know, his fantasy value. But if I'm in drafts, I'm taking both these guys. Their offense is so good. Yeah, if it sucks, one week am I screwed? Sure. But I'm taking the risk more than the reward. I'm taking the risk of having both Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill who can combine for 40, 50, even 60 fantasy points a week. Then I got Jay Jets. I mean, this is my boy right here. I think he's going to be good, but not as good. I think he'll finish inside the top seven at wide receivers. It's going to be more attention on him. And there's Kirk Cousins got more options to throw. He's got Osborne. He's got Addison. He's got TJ Hawkinson. You know, there's just it's a bad situation for him to kind of stand out. But going into the season, he's going to want to have a lot of I guess success because he's getting closer to that potential extension for the Vikings. He might be one of the richest wide receivers of all time by the time we extend him. So he's looking to be in a good position. AJ Brown. I like AJ Brown a lot. I think if you had to pick between AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, you got to go to AJ Brown. Fits in with Jalen Hurts very nicely. We've seen the success that he was able to have as time has gone on, but he's a guy that's going to be a good consistent threat as well as a good touchdown threat for the Eagles. Then I got Devo Samuel. I mean, he's like a running back wide receiver. He's the epitome of running the football and catching at the same time. Very good. Very good running back wide receiver there for the 49ers. 49ers got a good one at Debo. You know, he's been dealing with some injuries, et cetera. But at the end of the day, Brock Purdy's going to look for Debo Samuel to be filtered in the mix. He's a little bit lower on my superstar list. He's probably more of a tier one wide receiver. But his running wide receiver capabilities make him a superstar wide receiver as far as repetitions and potentially getting more reps. And then my final two, Mike Evans at Superstar. I mean, he's the only guy in that Buccaneers offense. He's bound to have 1,400 yards. Yeah, sure, his quarterback play is going to be spotty, but he was the guy that came alive towards the end of last season. And we saw what he was able to do with Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time. How is he going to filter with Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask? I'm not too sure, but I think Mike Evans will be the guy that is consistently hitting 100 yards a game, nine, ten receptions, and maybe a, a touchdown or two and then finally, I had to put D-Hop. You know, I wanted to put D-Hop in the Tier 1, but at the end of the day, D-Hop is an insane wide receiver. On top of that, last year didn't work for the Cardinals. This year at the Titans, Tannehill is going to look for, I guess, his proving card to have success, and D-Hop's going to be the guy that's in the forefront there. And I don't think a lot of people are expecting D-Hop to really thrive. I think a lot of people think that D-Hop is potentially in his passive prime, but I don't think so. I think D-Hop's the guy that's still competing year in and year out, so we'll see what happens as time goes on. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter at The Truth as well to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value. 
Make sure you guys subscribe to the truth as well to stay up to date. Get everything you need to start for your day, including better information at other spots that you, the normal viewer, does not see. Until next time, I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Heston, joined once again by AJ Ponciano. Take care and good night.